get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Ended their four-game losing streak last night yeah. in some impressive fashion. The Blues end up taking down a legit contender in the Eastern Conference in the New York Rangers, and they do so Blues by are back. a score of six to one. Six to two. Six to two. Six Come to on, two. Man, watch last the night game. in St. Louis, alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. I am Brandon Kylie. We are going out now to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by former NHL goalie, now an analyst for the Daily Faceoff. He is Mike McKenna joining us for his weekly hit here on BK and Ferrario. Mike, we appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today? Doing good. Just disappointed we didn't get more snow. I can't believe it. I thought we were going to get like two inches. Nothing. <laughs> Dusting. I'm still waiting for the best chance to go sledding. The two times it snowed this year in St. Louis, yeah. I've been out of town. That's Unbelievable! Right. I feel like I've been shortchanged. Mike hasn't even gotten in to enjoy the the snow because it's both times you've been gone. Have your daughters yeah. enjoyed it? Oh yeah, of course. But I didn't get to enjoy it with them, so oh, it's been it's been tough. But you know what? Maybe there's still hope. And if not, I don't plan on going anywhere. So have to wait till <laughs> next year in St. Louis. Mike, I, I got a question, non Blues, and we'll get to Blues in just a bit. But I, I thoroughly loved last night Buffalo and Vegas as Buffalo was about as ruthless as you can get with Jack Eichel and then Jack Eichel throws the shade afterwards and said oh it took him about seven years and for me to leave for them to get excited about hockey that is uh that's going to be an interesting rivalry moving forward dude that was wild like the whole game itself was like I hosted I was on air yesterday for three hours I said you know what I really think that it's going to be more cheers than boos. That's what I think is going to happen in Buffalo. You know, Eichel was their best player for these years, and I thought that the people appreciated him. And, and then the first thing out there, oh, like, I mean, like, giving it to them. Like, we're not talking a smattering of boos. They were just absolutely all over Jack Eichel. And then the Golden Knights lose to the Sabres, which should not happen. And on top of that, the first guy that scored for Buffalo was Peyton Krebs, who was part of the Jack Eichel trade. Yep. And then the exclamation point at the end of the game was Alex Tuck winning a board battle against Jack Eichel to strip him of the puck at the blue. When the Vegas Golden Knights had an extra attacker on the ice, Alex Tuck, again, another part of that trade for Jack Eichel, goes down to the other end. And he fires one off the bar into the empty net as hard as I've seen in a long time. Like, you know how most people just deposit the puck in the empty net? He tried to put it through it. So there was all kinds of drama. And then afterwards, Eichel's comments were just, like, he spent the whole day leading up to it, or two days leading up to it, saying, no, no bitterness, everything's good, fans are great, organization great. Dude, he just flips the script, dude, and just straight up says, these people are just mad I'm not here anymore. After they lost, like, oh, you want to wear the black hat around and be the villain, dude? You got it, Jack Eichel. You are you are now dead to people in Buffalo. So, 
I tell you what, man, that was some high drama, and I'm here for it. I love it. It, it was. I was really hoping Pavel Buchnevich had that chance in New York, and unfortunately mm-hmm. he didn't get it, although he had his breakaway opportunities. But I would imagine as a former player, Mike, where you go up against your team, even if you're not playing, that had to be pretty sweet for Pavel Buchnevich to watch his team pretty much dominate the Rangers all night last night. And on top of it, get his buddy and the best goaltender right now in the National Hockey League chased in the second period. Yeah, that was pretty wild to see, man. Like, and, you know, it's a little different dynamic when you're not playing in it. And Sinevich was the captain of the New York Rangers. He was a big piece, but he wasn't Eichel territory. Uh, and it wasn't really a contentious thing as much as Eichel were involved in medical procedure that the team wanted to, didn't want to do and the player wanted to do. And But you still want to always beat your old club. And I tell you what, man, I was flipping back and forth between these two games last night, and I missed a couple of minutes, and all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, Blues are up three rip. You know, <laughs> it was instantaneous. And I go back and look at it, and then you go, man, yeah, they just chased who I think, right in Shostyrkin's the best goaltender in the world, okay? They chased him. And that hasn't happened. I don't think it's happened all season. If it has, it's only been once. And, and I tell you what, I'm not a coach. And I probably should never be a coach, <laughs> but I would never, ever, ever split up Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, man. Those two guys are just sick together. Like the, the, the intuition that Thomas has at times where Cairo is going to be and how to create the space in the lane to make it happen. Like spinning off the defenseman to his backhand to make a blind pass through the slot, right on the tape. Are you kidding me? Like, I understand that sometimes we can get frustrated watching Thomas, Kairou, maybe they look for a little bit too much, maybe too east-west at times. But, man, when they focus in and can get going together, they're just sick together, man. That's that's a dynamic duo you can only hope of drafting and developing from within. It's interesting that you, that you mentioned that because, I mean, we, we had talked about the Blues and their struggles and their four-game losing streak. And, uh, I mean, Mike, neither me nor Alex were concerned about them, which is a weird thing, right? Because you, when you're in the midst of a four-game losing streak and it happens against the Islanders, the Devils, and the Senators, most of the time you're probably going to be a little concerned about your team. I never felt that way about the Blues. I just assumed we were eventually going to see a night like last night where they break out of it, and they did so last night against a really good team and specifically an outstanding goalie, as you mentioned. Uh, What is it about this team in your mind that allows them to do that, where they they are just – they had a breakthrough suddenly? What's good about it is that it happens, but it worries me too because they are so Jekyll and Hyde at times. You know, you'll watch the Blues one game and they're just nowhere – and then they come out on fire the next. And it's like there still needs to be the consistency there night in and night out. And I think that's what really when you when you hear Ryan O'Reilly's comments, especially over the four-game span where they weren't winning, you can hear that come through. That, hey, we just we have got to find our identity, identity and stick to it. And the key for me is that the Blues did it right away last night. You know, if they start the game the way they should and get a little bit of success, like they need a little taste. They need a little carrot there. Like getting the first goal of the game helps. But to just roll it, another goal right afterwards, the moment Barbashev scored, I knew that game was done. Because like, you could just feel that with the Blues, right? Like, we've, we've watched this. You can, you can see that happening. And then you get the huge save from Huso. Like, I mean, a couple of just 10 bellers in the first. And when those things start to line up, it's good. I just think that it's got to be there more often. you know. And you can't always expect your goalie to pull you out in the first you got to be on your game right away. And I would be hesitant, though, to say that they're back. That comment made me nervous because, uh, you know, how it is. One game doesn't make a season. But I do think it had been better lately. I, I love, man, I love seeing Nico Mikola 
drop the mitts. Like, yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, dude, this is what you need to see here, man. Like, I was encouraged by that. Um, and it just, for me, it looked like an invested game. They were spirited in it. Yeah, they they had the energy which which was noticeable from the get go, and you know for me, Mike, I, I thought Marco Scandella had a really good game. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe he was plus three afterwards. Um, Nico Mikola, as you mentioned, I thought had a great game. Colton Pareko, Justin Falk, they looked good defensively. But for me, that doesn't change my mind. And now there's five games to go before the trade deadline on March 21st. And Mike, the yo-yo game continues because I got another name for you, and you tell me if you like it or you hate it, Travis. Sanheim from the Philadelphia Flyers. Well, I've played with Travis Sanheim. I like him. I think he's probably being dangled out there now that Ristolainen signed that five-year contract with the Philadelphia Flyers. But I'm not sure that Sanheim would be much of an upgrade for the Blues. You feel me on that one? Like, I think he would slot in nicely. Um, I think the Blues are still looking for a bigger splash. Like, I think you're still looking at at Sherrod, or, or now especially I think Hampus Lindholm is a name that could really be on their radar. Somebody that does everything really well, um, and especially with the Ducks now, I'm not sure that they're in the mood to to really hang on to assets unless they think they can do a deal the way they please with Pat Verbeek. So I think Sandheim would be a complimentary piece, but he also does have a year left at a pretty high cap hit, and I think that the Blues might be looking more towards a pure rental on the back end this year. That's just my guess if they were going to do it. Um, but I do like Sanheim. He's a good player, and he does seem to be on the way out in Philly. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're, what you said about Scandella is important. Like they, they needed, I think they needed him back in the lineup, but you also don't know how it's going to play out. What are the six going to be in playoffs? Like You may see somebody that has been a mainstay, even out of the lineup come playoffs, if the Blues are able to make the trade that they want to solidify the back end. Can I ask you about another name that emerged this morning from Jeremy Rutherford's reporting? Uh, and that is Carson Soucy, the defenseman. He's in the third pair right now for uh, the Seattle Kraken, but he's a guy that can play up in the lineup if needed. Is that not enough of a splash in your mind, or do you think he would fit a little bit better even uh, than a Sanheim? Well, and Soucy, remember Soucy is who the Minnesota basically let go at, uh, they didn't protect him, I should say, for the expansion draft, which was um, kind of surprising. You know, I thought that there was a couple other players that they might have, good defensemen for the Wild, um, but a little bit older. And, you know, the year in Seattle has been, you'd, you'd think it'd be a miserable season, but he's actually done a nice job for them. So I, I like Susie a lot. If he becomes available, it's definitely somebody I'd be interested in. He has a left-hand shot, which... You know, that seems to be fit the mold for what the Blues would want. Um, but I'd be, I would be kind of surprised if Seattle wouldn't hang on to Susie just because he's 27 years old uh, and they're trying to grow that franchise a little bit. But then again, if you get somebody with value like him, we've all seen what defensemen can go for at the trade deadline. David Savard got a first-rounder last year coming from the Columbus Blue Jackets to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And David Savard is a 5'6 defenseman on the Tampa Bay Lightning. If the Seattle Kraken can get something that's even remotely close to that for Carson Soucy and they're trying to build out that franchise, you have to think that they would take advantage of it. Um, Soucy would be a good piece. I would like him as a blue. I'd like him more in Sanheim. I'll say that. Uh, Mike, final one from me, and I've seen a lot of people, Elliot Friedman was talking about it yesterday, that you know the Blues are, are still considered to be talking about Jacob Chikrin. Ben Sherrod, of course, is the name that pops up. Should fans move on from Jacob Chikrin, or do you believe that that's still a real possibility for Doug Armstrong? 
I don't think Chikrin really is. If anything, I think that this might be uh, the classic drive up the price type of play. I love I love this type of stuff. Like I'm not a poker player at all, but when it comes to contracts and when it comes to a certain board game that I like to play called Daytona 500 that involves some betting, and we could go into a whole side conversation about this. Uh, any of my close friends know what we're talking about. I love bidding people up, and I think that there's teams out there right now that would be in direct competition with the Blues for Chikrin that the Blues would like to see have to pay a little extra on it. You know, you look at the Western Conference, the L.A. Kings, that's a team that the Blues may have to go through. If they're going to pick up Chikrin, you know, you're always going to face them. What are they willing to give up? Even the Florida Panthers. So uh, I'm not sure that the Blues are truly in on Chikrin unless they could get him uh, at a price that's lower than what I think it's going to take because he's a hell of a player. And he's been playing much better lately. You know, he's he's got some activated defensemen with him now that uh, – that Toronto picked up Labushkin had been his partner previous this year. It wasn't a good pairing for him. So I don't know. I don't really see Chikrin ended up in a blue, but man, I love the poker that Doug Armstrong plays sometimes because you never know how you can force another team to overplay their hand. He's Mike McKenna. We hear from him each and every week on Fridays here on 101 ESPN. Mike, we appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoy your weekend. And I'm sorry that the snow just didn't accumulate the way that you were looking for. Man. And let's hope it doesn't. <laughs> Mixed reactions on the call today. That's all right. It's St. Louis, man. We get all four seasons. We should just be happy that we get that. That's true. Save the snow for June, right? <laughs> sure. Yep. All right. Thanks for having me on as always, guys. Always Appreciate a good chat. You.